Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's up, everyone? Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night Pre-Party. So excited to talk about Evil Dead Rise with Lily Sullivan. Oh my, you kick so much ass in this movie. I can't get enough of it. It felt good to kick ass. So ass, so fun. might have been lucky enough to see it twice. And now I can fully confirm that it's one of those things that gets better and better every time you watch it. And I'm going to be obsessively rewatching your movie from now on. Oh, I love hearing that. It's so good. So good. All right, before we get into the, the blood and cheese graters of it all, we go back to the very beginning. Every Ladies Night conversation begins with this question. What was the movie performance, personal experience, you name it, that first made you say to yourself, I have to be an actor and nothing else? Mm, okay, that would have to be, it was more theater for me younger. It was street coming desire. Mm. Watching actors be dramatic on a stage and just like, I don't know, let one rip, but different to Evil Dead, but super emotional. And there was something that that just got me. It got me. The Stella, you know what I mean? That was, yeah, that was that was the moment. And then I found film, which was a whole other kettle of fish. But how how did you find film from that? From that, there was like, oh, it was like my Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like golden ticket moment. Like there was an open casting for anyone and um, everyone, girls across Australia for a film called Mental, which, you know, Muriel's Wedding, PJ Hogan and Tony Collette was in it. Liev Schreiber, Anthony LaPaglia, like absolute dynamite heavyweights. Um, and I got to play a very Muriel character. So as a young girl being on screen for the first time playing the awkward, the gawky, the confused and uncomfortable, which I actually was, was so therapeutic. And I feel like it's really nice when work, film work can be um, kind of run parallel with your own life. It's always nice. Oh, I have so many follow-up questions. First, first, I want to I want to ask you about choosing that opportunity over going to school, because I always love bringing up school on this show because it is the right path for some. It's not for others. And both are totally fine options. So I know that you would originally plan to apply to drama school, but then that opportunity came up and you went that route instead. So at the time, 
was it like a no-brainer type of decision or was there any wavering like which which way should I go now yeah I feel like I and and you know and it's, at this point I haven't found my way back to theater which was the first love as opposed to film but I mean it was a no-brainer like Tony Collette and like grew up like I loved Muriel's wedding and I to jump into the tv to jump into the movies was such a like I don't know. It was an intoxicating idea. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, for me, the best thing is learning on the job. Like I remember telling the director, cause I didn't know how to cry to tell everyone on set in front of everyone that I'm a terrible actor and he regrets hiring me. And he said it and Tony Collette was like, what the f are you doing, dude? She's just like, and I was like, no, no, it's fine. I told him to tell me that. And she was like, Oh my God, this kid's got a lot to learn. Um, and that I did on that film set. Like Tony Collette, you know, is Tony Collette. Liev Schreiber is very interactive with the camera. Anthony LaPaglia is just like loose as. So I was like, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Learn on the job. And, um, and I've been making it up ever since. Have you figured out a different way to get yourself to cry on camera? <laughs> I have now. I have now. Um, I found actually the power of, of, of breath work, really, where you kind of carbonate the inside as opposed to imagining like your mom's passed away or something hectic, which I've done a lot of for years. It was actually Evil Dead was a massive contribution to my process changing to, to exercise all of those intense you know, boundary pushing circumstances that are so extreme. It's, I had to use body like work and breath work and primal screams and just get in the body and get out of the head as opposed to fully intellectualizing, which I did for a long time. Oh, yet again, so many questions. I want to ask one of my, my silly ones because whenever someone brings up having to cry on camera, I think about this, just all the, the seemingly trivial and almost meaningless day-to-day -day things that we do that you then have to do believably on screen that might be challenging. So for you, like, what is the most difficult of all those types of things? Is it like fake sneezing, waking up, driving, anything like that? Yeah, okay, so what to do with my hands. <laughs> I remember like first day on set, like for mental, I was like, <gasps> And all of a sudden I was like, my hands are together now. And they're like Barbie doll hands. And I'm like, what do I, do I enter the shot with them? Because you can't be there or there. You have to be committed. You can't. So that was one of the massive ones was like what to do with my hands when the camera's rolling. Cause it's a very weird experience. Cause you just emote to this box. You never look at it, but you just send it signals. Anyway, and then the other one would have to be like cutting up food. I hate cutting up food. Like there's something about like, I don't know, me and uncleanness and knives and doing the mundane in that way can always get in my get in my way. I still have the hands problem. And I think that virtual interviews have only made it worse because most of the time my hands are like this, but then I go and I do an in-person interview and I become even more hyper aware of what my hands are doing because I haven't been thinking about it. Totally. And also my massive thing with like my hands, I had to like, I watched so many interviews back and I start doing this, like my gestures are huge and I'm on camera and I'm like, oh my God. Anyway, being Lily and being a character, is even more whack of like hand gestures. But anyway, I'm really good at keeping them down there. I very much understand that. And when you did the Barbie hands, all I could think about is the Barbie trailer when she takes her her foot out of the shoe and it's just the Barbie foot. Exactly. Oh, it kills me. Um, 
I wanted to ask about, I was reading a little bit about the Heath Ledger, the Heath Ledger scholarship that you got. And, you know, I think, I think the exact quote that it had was that it gave you the opportunity to go to LA and increase your profile in the U S market. And I have a lot of questions about that kind of uh, opportunity there. First, a, a two-parter, what was one piece of advice that you got before using that scholarship that was very, very useful? And having done it, what is a piece of advice you would give to another aspiring actor who gets an opportunity like that and wants to make the most of it? Yeah, I feel like uh, it was that Tony Collette actually said to me from the beginning, don't rush to LA, like know yourself first and grow from grassroots, like just work on you before going there. So I took quite a few years after doing mental to get out to LA and then using the Heath Ledger scholarship was like kind of that little push. I was still being a bit of a scaredy cat with getting, getting myself out here. And then that was a beautiful platform, but like advice wise um, that a friend once said to me, although was just like, um, I'll live and out last stay standing because at the end of the day, everyone is so talented. If you access creativity, whatever your job description is, that's something everyone can have. You know, it's like everyone's like, this person's a genius. It's like, no, it's just whether you're unfiltered and allow yourself, like obviously genius, some fields, some fields, but creativity wise, you can unlock it. And also just it's the, the hardest part in regards to acting and other departments is just stay standing because a lot of people drop it's like it's not an it's not an easy feel but if you can just like hold on to yourself and just keep working on yourself like that's the part you have control over a broader question about the idea of unlocking that that talent do you remember the first time you did that where you allowed yourself to access that talent regardless of what people were telling you to do on set and I don't know you you felt the power that you could have on screen in that moment yeah, I feel like uh, there's always on every job a moment where you, all of the work and the pre-work you've done, you find the character. Because most most actors, I feel like we all don't know we're filming and we don't know who this person is fully as you're going. You're like, I'm just offering my essence. And then the way it's cut, the, the lines, the given circumstances kind of shapes it to a degree. Um, so there's always a flavor of it, but I, I'm not going to lie. It was it, it, like, you know, it was Evil Dead. Like that for me was fully in my guttural, like primal power, like I think as well, um, leading like my first American movie as well, which is pretty wild. Um, and also just being in a place of like exploration, fun, not taking myself too seriously, getting really good at embarrassing yourself. And like, that is the biggest freedom of all. Um, and also, yeah, collaborating with Lee Cronin and Alyssa Sutherland uh, was awesome. We had such a safe zone and it was like anything you had to offer, anything you were pulling out, it was that I think was the was the most um, chemical flair I've ever had as a as an artist thus far. I'm really tempted to jump full force into Evil Dead Rise. And I know, you have to be patient. I'll squeeze in one more broader question so maybe we could touch on another title or two. I love asking this question because I am always so interested in hearing about the different variety of processes out there. Of yeah. all the actors you've ever worked with, whose process was most similar to yours, where the second you hit set, you were immediately in sync. But then I also want the opposite, someone with a completely different approach to the work who maybe challenged you to adapt and try something new and for the better. Yeah, I would say uh, Timothy Spall and I worked really similar. I love that man. He's such a gem just before he won um, Best Actor at Cannes for Mr. Turner. I worked with him and we just connected on a soul level. It was really fun, really easy. 
Um, and also Alyssa Sutherland, we very much work the same. Like to survive an Evil Dead film, you've got to be able to laugh your ass off in between and not lose your mind. Um, we were quite similar. And then someone who worked different to me, um, but different to me at the time, but now I kind of, it resonates with me. It was like Natalie Dormer, like in Picnic and Hanging Rock. She was very, um, there was a dancer-esque to her. Like she would, she was very much more like, I the way that she would pivot with the camera, the way that she would kind of in, in, engage with it was like dancer-like, which I think she has a dancer background um, and like hitting marks. There was just this level of awareness that like, I'm more like, I think flappy and like, I'm sort of all over the place and hope the camera gets what I'm doing, you know, to a degree, but that sort of, that sort of esque where you work with the camera like that was different. And now I, from Evil Dead though, to pull off gags that I learned and that I will now incorporate further. Oh, I got a lot of questions about every little ounce of this movie. I want to start at the very, very beginning. How exactly does one audition for an Evil Dead movie? Because I know this isn't really how it happens, but I'm just like picturing someone standing in an audition room and getting like doused in blood or something. Totally. Actually, this was the craziest for me in regards to the most underwhelming audition I've ever done. Like four lines and then the scene with little Nell, like um, with Cassie in the bathtub, bit of stomach pain and that was it and then I had the role wow he didn't ask for any horror like I, I he found out later on that I couldn't scream like I can't this 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 I don't have heaps of vocal range in that way that it was like a pig to the slaughterhouse he's like where's the like shrill one I was like don't got it you didn't ask for it you didn't ask if I could do it or not oh wow that is so interesting I mean that just, that speaks to how important the emotional elements of the movie are because the scares and screaming doesn't work and doesn't have any meaning unless the scenes like the bathtub scene really have that emotional gut punch. For sure, for sure. And also like the beauty of a writer-director, um, which Lee always said, he's just like, I just saw who was in my head, which was just really nice. He's like, I just heard her voice. And I was like, that's the voice I thought of. No, that was, you know, when that just happens, who now... You know, Lee's such a, a close friend in life now, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to let it rip. I love the way you just put that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
All right, so digging into the the family dynamic here, one of the things that I loved most about the movie is that you very much you very much establish the family dynamic and what they all have to lose before things get crazy and bloody. So, is there any particular top priority you had in terms of Beth's personality and what she had experienced before the film that you wanted to make sure that audiences really felt so that her journey throughout it had meaning? Yeah, I think uh, what I really resonated with Beth um, and is this idea of a person full of movement and the sacrifice of this movement, this lifestyle, um, this guilt and lack of responsibility, yet freedom and loneliness and like kind of exploring all of those mixed feelings of, of, of wanting something but not being able to have one and the other. You know what I mean? Um, and... Yeah, I mean, she's burnt out, disconnected, you know, she's found herself with that lack of, of home and Ellie represents that and has found herself in a place of sort of guilt. Um, and yeah, I think it was just nice to have all of that in me and my bodywork in the, you know, in the sheepishness of Beth. So then she has somewhere to go in regards to stepping up and then the scrappy hero arrives. And then like, and even then she's kind of a bit useless. There was a few more scenes in the movie that got cut because she was too useless. You're like, nah, she's way too selfish. But I love that. I love a flawed, flawed female character. And the last film I did as well, Monolith, that was at South by Southwest. It was also a very kind of similar essence just where you like you like them but you're kind of like you're a bit shit also which is kind of how people are I mean I've, all my friends all my family have taken turns of being shit everyone does I feel yeah. like if, I feel like if everyone doesn't have a moment where they're shit they don't learn anything and become a better person and I agree like the right path either Exactly. Oh my God. I have so many spoiler questions that I'm trying to file away for a couple minutes from now. I hope I remember them. But the, the other non-spoiler character question I wanted to ask you was, was there ever any discussion about making sure that there were echoes of Ash in Beth, where she was her own person, but for fans of the franchise, they could still feel something about him coming through her? Yeah. I mean, I feel like... Yes and no, because like Lee and like Sam Remy and Bruce Campbell, like with Lee writing the script, you know, and taking it on, he really birthed these characters. He really worked from like, you know, the ground up um, and then laced it with the Easter eggs and laced it with the like iconic moments and one-liners. And then I just feel like the chainsaw just does it all, the boomstick. It's like, there's just incredible, you know, weapons and items that are this, that represent this franchise. And like, as soon as you give anyone that goddamn chainsaw in that moment, there's this, like I was talking to Bruce Campbell about it. I was like, oh my God. I'm like that energy, that ricochet through your body and being a fan of the franchise like that. I mean, I channeled him because I was like living my like childhood fantasies and being like, my friends are going to think this is sick. <laughs> and maybe just that part. I feel like that in and of itself just sounds like Ash. So this yeah. all makes sense. I'll squeeze in one more non-spoiler question here because you brought up Lee. I love Lee. I'm so excited to see every single movie he makes from here on out. What is something about him as an actor's director and a leader on set that you're really excited for even more actors out there to get to experience with him? Yeah, I think he has the, you know, the duality of writer-director. So he is the 
he's got the book, you know, the handbook in a way, like in a well of information. He's also super trusting and like hands-on in regards to like development before. He listens. He lives in the edit is one of my favorite qualities where a director really knows what they want and what the camera's doing and what it's trying to get and what you're trying to get. Like he's very good at knowing when he's got the shot or when, um, which just kind of lets you switch off as an actor. You don't have to feel paranoid in any way that you're like, did we, did we not? There's a there's a trust element. Also, um, wicked sense of humor. Like this job takes a lot of, you know, your life away from the ones you love and you go live in a random country. Like he was on the other side of the world from Dublin. And, you know, it's it's so amazing when you collaborate with friends and artists. Like it's just, it's very special. I get that vibe from you guys and I love it. All right, this is it. I'm putting up the spoiler warning. There will be a like fancy little spoiler flag so everybody will know. Now I'm doing dance. it. Spoiler time. I'm going, just so I don't forget this, I'm going right back to what you just said. The the things that were cut because like I she couldn't step up. She made a selfish decision. Can you give us an example of one of those things? I mean, there was sometimes just like logistical nightmare of like her bailing on the kids in like the most horrific moment of their lives, like just cut to moment. But we were like, oh, but it's badass. Look how great this shot is. All like, we're like, no, that's so indulgent. And like, where are the children? Like somebody please think of the children. She's just like, I'm just going to tap out. I'm going to like get myself out of here and they can figure it out. All the best. Like it was just too much of that energy, which I was actually a little bit there for. <laughs> Bringing up the kids, it was it was making me wonder, is there any particular moment where it was especially challenging to like have her forge forward and step up and save the day in a sense, but also get those moments where she actually registers that they're at risk, if not, they have just died or oh, turned yeah. dead Yeah, I mean, it, what was so beautiful again, like everyone was such wonderful actors, creators, friends. So there was just like, it was easy to connect and easy to find those beats. And also Lee's script was so tight in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Oh my God, my brain's just gone blank in a way. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on hour number six of interviews and I'm it's, like. Well, it's also, it's understandable. Cause I feel like if you overthink stuff like that then it comes across as heavy handed. And that, that was one of my favorite elements of the movie is that you don't, you don't necessarily need a pointed moment where you're like, oh no, like I'm set. Like it, it's all, it's all baked into how you carry yourself as the movie progresses. Totally, totally. And like at one point I just felt like I was in like a video game at the end of the day. I just show up to work and just be like, all right, what are you, where is she going now? And Lee would just be in the director's chair being like, dun -dun -dun -dun, new weapon, get out the door. This is the obstacle. And I'd just be like, what is this washing machine? And then you get your big boss. My God, that marauder. I was not ready for that. <laughs> Holy shit, right? Like, okay. So there were these original guys. So this is, again, the Evil Dead goddamn glory, which is puppeteers, contortionists inside this, this monstrosity. Like at points on set, I just like want to throw up looking at the minute. They would have like these masks on that were the kids' faces pulled over their heads with little holes in it. And I'm standing there because it was COVID. So Alyssa would shoot her stuff separate. They'd all take turns getting into the bodysuit, but then it was mostly the um the you know the people the incredible like contortionists who have like incredible ability and flexibility 
but they would be on top of each other, like bodies crossing over. And like, I'm looking at this thing, like, what is this? What is happening? This is either going to be amazing or the most munted thing I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. I, it was incredible. Like I was harnessed up at one point, pulled towards the wood chipper, harnessed on like being ricocheted by like four grown men, like to each side, flipping me over to then pull me towards the marauder and these contortionists in this like suit. I was just like, and then the wood chipper going. Like there were just moments on set where I was like, what? <laughs> that was actually the last day on set when we wrapped. I just didn't get off the floor. I just laid yeah. there and everyone was like clapping. That's a wrap. And I was just like, done. I could very much understand that. Here's a, here's a question that might go into very dark territory, but it, it kind of taps into what I was, uh, what I was asking you about earlier in terms of like basic things and how to actually sell them on screen. What is it like acting, getting, getting stabbed, getting cheese gratered and things like that? Were you ever given any tips or tricks in terms of, in terms of doing that and also figuring out where to draw the line in what a human being is capable of doing after sustaining such injuries? Yeah, I mean, exactly, which I was obsessed with. I'm like, no, this hand is not available, Lee. He's like, I don't care, it's an Evil Dead film. And I'm like, no, the actor in me is like, she can't do that. And he's like, everyone is about to die. She can do anything. And I'm like, ugh, adrenaline, I get it. But yeah, I mean, it was very, This, you know, I'm always learning on the job. I've never done a piece like this before. Um, and yeah, there were moments where you would just think, like I love like the movie Nope, where he's just like reaction wise, when you actually think about if you saw the flying saucer and you just, I would be like, mm, mm, I'm gonna throw up and I'm gonna say, nah, like, nah. So it's really fun to entertain what would you do, like in a way. And yeah, I, it, it was hilarious that a lot of it was like a little terrorized piggy was my sound engineer, like work that I had, I was like, how it would be, I'm not gonna scream at the top of my lungs. Like I'm like in agony and pain or I'm like, you know, being tortured in whatever way. I'm like, it is an internal like fit, which was really fun to play with. Um, also I get choked out a lot in this movie, which is not fun. There's a little bit of that, yeah. Also they just took forever to shoot it. It was so funny. Alyssa was like, I don't wanna hurt you. I don't wanna hurt you. We laugh about this so much. And I was like, just do it, do it, just do it. Just make it look good. And she was like, no, I can't. Like, I'll do it to this degree. And I was like, whatever. So I was just like, having to hold my breath. And then we do a turnaround shot. And then she's just dead-eyed. So she's gone. I was like, this is gone. Bye. And just starts actually choking me, like, off with the fairies. And, like, actors and stunts and, like, violent scenes is the funniest thing ever, where you're like, how does this work? And also, like, Alyssa, come back, because you're choking me, mate. She was like, oh. She's the sweetest woman. She was just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. I was like, like dead eye Ellie needs to fuck off right now. <laughs> <laughs> she is one heck of a dead eye. So I can't even imagine. Oh. I'm going to, I'm going to end with a little bit of a theory question. I was wondering, cause this is where my mind goes when I don't want a movie to end. 
What do you think the very next thing she does after leaving that garage? Also, because I can't quite figure out what the next best move would be. Like, do you go to a hospital? Do you go to the authorities and try to explain what just happened? What do you we think did, she does next? We did think about this. And I'm like, when we're like, does she go back to the chains? I'm like, hell yeah, she does. She doesn't know if the whole world is not like this now. Like she's going out there and like everyone is just deadites, you know, or whatever. So it grabs the chainsaw. I think she leaves, she walks, like, you know, blinkers off, like just totally terrorized. And then goes to the cop shop, tries to explain, Cassie gets taken away. And then a dead-eyed baby is birthed really quickly inside her belly and she's in prison. What is this? I need a movie that is this now. That is not where my mind went at all, but I think you just wrote the Evil Dead Rise sequel. Oh, God. Lee and I would just have the most sadistic jokes about what could happen next. Like, we would just riff. Every day it was, like, something else. We were like, and then this happens. And then we cut to Cassie's in, like, a mental institution at, like, 24 years old. Like, it goes to, like, you know what I mean? It's so funny. It was endless. endless. I'm I'm never going to unhear this. Thank you for giving me something something to think about while I wait for my next viewing of Evil Dead Rise, which thank God is tomorrow night. Yes, I can't wait. We're gonna I'm so it. excited. We are going to have so much fun. Huge, huge, huge congratulations on this movie. And thank you for sharing some of your story on Collider Ladies Night. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And so nice to meet you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.